Welcome to this week's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety. I don't know a mom out there who hasn't experienced a certain level of anxiety, so we really want to address this topic today. I'm excited about it. I'm Dorinda Wilson, mom to eight kids, wife to one husband for 30 years, and Nana to six grandbabies. I'm also a 24-year veteran homeschooling mom, and the reason that I'm here is simply to encourage moms. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. That is available on Amazon if you want to check it out. Now, if you're new to the podcast, I want to encourage you to look back at all the previous podcasts because you will find loads of encouragement that I don't think you'll want to miss. Also, right now, if you subscribe to my website, you will receive free access to my audiobook, The Unhurried Homeschooler. You will also find other uh, posts and articles on my site in addition to the podcast. That will be a great encouragement uh, to you. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that anxiety is something that I have personally struggled with. I've done several other podcasts sharing my story along the way and the things that the Lord's shown me, but I've never had a guest who spoke directly and specifically to the topic of anxiety um, and specifically towards uh, anxiety in moms. So my guest today has joined me for other podcasts on the developmental stages of kids and their learning, growing kids with ADD and ADHD, and encouraging a growth mindset in our kids. So if you have not listened to those, please go check them out. You won't be disappointed. I will include those links in the podcast notes to make it easy for you to get to those. So I want to introduce to you Dan Marcone, who is a licensed uh, mental health counselor. Dan was born in Rochester, New York, to parents who immigrated from Italy. His family then moved to Hollywood, Florida, where he was raised and played football at MacArthur High School. After high school, Dan served in the Army as an airborne ranger. After serving in the Army, he fulfilled the role of youth pastor at a church and discovered how strongly he was compelled to help others. And this led to his pursuit of a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Dan is currently a licensed mental health counselor in Winter Park, Florida, serving as the founder and practice director of Seasons Counseling. His passion is working with trauma and interpersonal neurobiology. He, he considers himself a lifelong learner and is passionate about neuroscience and how it influences human behavior. Dan has a relationship with several universities and supervises graduate interns as well. Dan's specializations include trauma and or abuse, relationships, personal development, anxiety, depression, and parent training. He enjoys presenting on these areas of expertise and regularly speaks for podcasts, in-house presentations for business executives, churches, and schools. One of his most popular and requested presentations is how to be the least anxious person in your child's life. Dan also provides executive coaching to individuals and groups addressing topics from managing burnout to coaching positive psychology, the science of happiness. Dan utilizes a broad range of therapies to facilitate personal growth and development, including EMDR, somatic, biofeedback, and DBT among others. He considers it a privilege to work with his clients. Outside of work, Dan is an avid sports fan, including football, basketball, 
and hockey. He also loves dogs. Dan, welcome. Thank you so much, Teresa. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> oh, you sound like a busy guy, but I'm always yeah. so excited when you take the time to share your counsel with us because I feel uh, like myself and all the moms here, um, we always walk away wiser, more hopeful, and inspired. And, and you know, that can only be a God thing, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, anxiety is a real issue. And specifically, I think with all that's going on around us and uh, that for many, they're just feeling very, very overwhelmed right now. And so my hope today is that we'll get some clarity and direction on things that many of us have questions about when it comes to anxiety. Sure. I'm really happy to be here. And uh, anxiety is is uh, such a difficult, uh, you know, mental health issue that really escalates. So anything I can do to help moms, I'm happy to. Uh, we really appreciate it. So I'm going to start at the very base, base question, because I think we all kind of wonder this. Um, what What is anxiety, if you could define what it is? Man, that's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the simplest way to define it would be the ongoing experience of fear. Mm-hmm in the body Hmm. or in the person's experience. So fear that isn't resolved. And and then that fear, as I begin to engage as though I'm in danger instead of discomfort, begins to take on what we call activation in my nervous system where my heart rate starts increasing Blood is pumped to my large muscle groups. I'm in a fight or flight response. Now I've moved from um, from a calm state to alert to fear. And mm. the, the brain is state dependent. And that's something I, I really want to talk about today. But uh, anxiety is that ongoing getting hooked into my survival systems that are interpreting a situation that is not dangerous physically as dangerous, like failing a test or, you know, making a mistake or something right. like that and getting, uh, and so my brain can't tell the difference between the lion's going to eat me and this problem. Mm. So the ongoing experience of fear in the body, because the body starts responding. Right. So that's a, that's a, a really clear signal is 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 noticing that your body is responding to something. Can I just say that one um, one Facebook post, one news thing that comes through with a title can do that to me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially as of late. And it's really uh, so challenging when we're facing so uh, so much information, information overload that we just do not have time to process in our bodies. Um, I know mine can end up in an ongoing state of just feeling constantly stimulated. It, that's mm-hmm. the only word I can come up with. And I think that's this alert thing that you're that you're mm-hmm. um, you were talking about. So your body, your whole body is on alert and that right. has all kinds of ramifications. Um, so, yeah, that's. 
that that's that's actually a great I love that an ongoing experience of fear because I was I was telling you this earlier that I was really kind of asking the Lord, you know, are there are there good scriptures to share? Every time I think about scriptures on anxiety, I always think about scriptures with exactly that word in it. And um, there's not a lot of them, but there are a lot of them on fear. And I realized, wait, there's got to be a connection there between anxiety and fear. So this totally ties that together, you know, an ongoing experience of fear. Now, you said something about the brain. Uh what goes on with the with the brain as far as a state? What did you say? Sure, it's state dependent. But going back to the scriptures, um, sure. I would look for scriptures on love because <sighs> love drives out fear. Mm. And wow. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. And so mm-hmm. moving from fear to faith and trusting in what I can't see or even if my circumstances are dictating something different. Um, I have faith in God and in Christ's work for me. So um, that is our best armor Mm. as far as – but what happens with state dependence is our our complex systems. So what I would like for you to think about right now is steps, like a stairway up to, you know, up or down, and three steps. The top step would be the top of your brain there behind your forehead, which is your frontal cortex. That's your head coach. And it has complex systems that that drive healthy, calm, learning, um, curiosity, innovation, morality, um, regulation, body and physical regulation, all of those real complex systems. And that's how we want to be driven. And our frontal cortex, our head coach, is online when our body's calm. So the brain is state dependent means that stair step. So the first step is the the top of my brain, which is my neocortex, my frontal cortex. Then the second step, the middle step, is my limbic system. It's my emotional brain. It's my energy systems. Remember, feelings are energy. And all they are is a request for action. So if I know what I'm experiencing experiencing in this moment accurately, then my energy systems will power up love, connection, disgust, you know, to move away, to connect, to protect, whatever, um, bond, engage. Um, and those systems um, are, are very powerful in their energy. And then the lower step is my um, brainstem. It's my safety systems. So my safety system is a lower step, which is always interpreting ahead of everything else, a half second ahead. So if I feel safe emotionally and physically, the brain has trouble distinguishing between the two. If I don't feel emotionally safe, I'm going to feel activated. Mm. That second step, that limbic system, that emotional brain is looking for love and belonging. Safety first, love and belonging. Those two things our yeses, I'm going to jump upstairs to my frontal cortex and have high-functioning responses to whatever comes up. And so that's the way I'd love for you to see the triune brain. Step one is safety. Step two is love and belonging. Step three is high-functioning interactions with, with the world that help me be confident, bold, engaged, courageous, calm, curious, connected. And so what happens with state dependence, 
okay, with those steps, is there's four quadrants, the calm. So when I'm calm, my nervous system's calm, I'm firing, my heart and brain are in alignment, we call that coherence, and I'm able to have complex thought. Metacognition, I'm able to think about my thinking and I'm able to understand perspective. Empathy is a big one. So moms, if you feel like you're lacking empathy at times, you're probably stressed. If your child is lacking empathy, there's probably a stress response because <laughs> it's hard to be empathic when your survival systems are on to protect you. Mm-hmm. So empathy, love, bonding, connection, calm state, complex. My IQ is as highest. The second state, as soon as my body and brain shift to alert, I immediately have that feeling. What if he falls? What if he doesn't pass? What if she this? What if, what if, what if, what if? Hypothetical worry, get rid of it. Hmm. Any times what if thoughts come up that are negative, your brain is looking for danger that isn't there, creating it. 93% of worry never happens. Go to what is, not what if. What is true right now about my relationship with God and my interactions with my kids and what I can trust in and how I can trust them and myself and learn and grow. So when I move to alert that system, now I've dropped 10 to 15 points of IQ. Your brain is now starting to function under threat. That's why we have trouble with school and learning and understanding and empathy. Because if I'm on alert, I drop IQ, everything now becomes black and white, not complex. Good, bad, right, wrong. Now I'm starting to do things to get relief. I'm not Mm. learning, growing, and engaging, Mm. and prospering, (laughs) and thriving. So the problem is not being on alert. That's our threat system. It's getting back to calm instead of going to the next brain state, the third one, which is a fear state, the anxiety state. So now I'm believing these thoughts or emotional stories that have, you know, kind of um, been repeated. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. I'm this or that or whatever else. And so that next state, the fear state, I drop even more IQ. So now I'm, basically incapable of learning anything and I'm just going to do whatever I can to get relief. Turn the paper and say, yes, I, I didn't do it <laughs> like a child or whatever. They're in a state of fear and we're a lot of times expecting them to respond in a cognitive, rational way and they're incapable of doing that because the brain is in a different state. Mm. Wow. So the fear state causes concrete thinking black and white and an overwhelm in the nervous system so now i have blood pumping to my large muscle groups i'm gonna get loud and reactive i'm trying to and kids are extremely vulnerable to stress Mm. so it's very important that we get back to calm before we start working through the reasoning or rational um, understanding of what happened or else we'll keep getting the reactivity, not the reasoning. Wow. We need. The next step after that is terror. And when, when, so you've got calm, alert. Alert's great. Just get back to calm. This is not, 
And, and here's the thing to look at. Is this danger, physical danger? Am I going to perish or am I in danger right this moment physically? If I'm not, I need to shift to this is discomfort. Right, right. And pr- start amping in. See your body expand because when you go to danger, you contract. Your brain shuts down. Your survival systems come on. You're in protective. You're not learning anything. You're not responding well. You're not reasoning but when you shift to calm again, and this is discomfort, then I'm able to problem solve and amp into it. You'll see an expansion in the body. How can I grow and learn from this mistake? Or what can I do next? Hmm. And that- if I have, yeah, if I have enough inflammatories, talk, we call it toxic. So there's three positive stress, tolerable stress, positive stress is something a person can handle on their own. I can do this. Tolerable stress is, okay, there's a lot of stress right here, and I need a parent, a caring person to buffer this stress because it's, it's really difficult. It's more severe, and it's continuing the hormonal response. Toxic stress is when a ch- child feels alone and overwhelmed, and the prolonged activation of stress or the stress response system without protection. With that, and the protection here is love. Empathy, validation, support, despite what they do, love mm-hmm. who they are right then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That reduces the toxic stress. Enough well, toxic stress will create an anxiety disorder in life. Right, okay. right. Well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm just completely blown away because I, I can totally see this, you know, after being a parent for almost 30 years and homeschooling for almost 25. Um, this is where not even realizing what I was doing, um, I would talk to our kids a lot, you know, just sort of offset their emotion. Not every time. I'm not a perfect parent, but I would say the rule was that we would have a calm conversation about what was happening. And um, it's interesting because I just did that out of a nurturing heart, you know, that like just like the nurturing heart that God puts in a mom is so conducive to these things that you're talking about, you know? So, so if we're working as moms from that nurturing nature that God's given us and we allow God to continue to develop that nurturing nature, uh, chances are we're going to be able to keep our kids from a lot of anxiety and give them uh, the calm that they need to be able to learn well. Uh, that, that right there is, that's, that's the number one thing and creating, uh, you know, a, a learning environment that's um, healthy for kids. And so I think as homeschooling moms, it's so good to hear this because we we realize that um, instead of thinking about, you know, the fact that we don't have a degree or, you know, all these things that other people want to put on us, if we can just say, look, I've got a heart for my kids. I love my kids more than anyone. I'm more invested in their future than anyone. And so, therefore, I'm going to work from that place instead of a place of fear. Um, But also what I see here that's key is that, moms, we have got to keep our own hearts from anxiety. And so these steps that uh, Dan is giving us today and the explanation of how our bodies respond to stress, I think it's super important for us to make sure that we are taking the time 
to pay attention to our own bodies, our own um, responses, anything, those red flags that you feel. Uh, I know for me, and you've said this before, Dan, that we are feeling people who think, not thinking people who feel, right? And and so our emotions are the first thing that come up. And I know, as you were saying, uh, putting words to those emotions um, when we feel like, um, uh, you know, I'm failing or that person doesn't love me or I'm not feeling validated. They're not valuing what I'm doing or, you know, whatever, all these, these negative type of things. I know those things don't hit me as words. They hit me as feelings. Feelings. And so, because when you actually say the words, you realize, wait, that's not actually true, you know, but that's where it gets, it's really easy for, I think, the enemy to hijack that right there so that sure. all we do is just, we just keep feeling, 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 and we're not stopping and actually putting words to those feelings and saying, okay, because you kind of have to do that first, and then you can say whether this is true or not. You know, you can determine whether this is just um, hypothetical, like you were you were saying, like you said, ninety three percent of the time those hypothetical things don't happen or aren't true. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's interesting, uh, just the whole process right there. I, I think um, moms, we can be really. Um, we can the place where we can most easily fail or give in to the enemy's tactics is keeping ourselves too busy. So we're so busy that we're not having time to process our own emotions, process our own thoughts, um, be reflective about you know our day or that moment that's that you can feel is just nagging at you and you haven't had time to think through it. And uh, and this obviously I know for me leads into problem sleeping, you know, and so then it just it becomes this domino effect. So I guess my point in all of this is to say, moms, we have to be the responsible adults who make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our own thought life and our meditations and, um, you know, focusing on the word, like Dan mentioned, uh, looking up those words on love. I just, I love that thought because it's, it's focusing on the truth rather than looking up verses on fear. It, it, that tends to be a little more of a negative focus. Not, you shouldn't do that, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like you said, perfect love casts out fear. When our, when we are focused on the love of God, all of a sudden it changes how we interpret things. You yes, know, when, when, when I'm, that's, that's been one of the most effective things in my life when it comes to anxiety is to stop and say, okay, all this aside, let's just not even think about whether this is true or not. I just going to right now focus on the fact that God loves me no matter what, like these things that I'm facing in my life, they're these obstacles or these ways that I feel like I fail. They're not an obstacle to him. Jesus took care of all that, covered all of that. He loves me with an everlasting love. He empathizes with me and he wants to gently lead me through this, gently shepherd me through this. And all of a sudden I can start thinking again, like you were saying, you get to that place where you're firing on all cylinders again and able to think through those things. And so, um, yeah, I just, oh, I appreciate this so much. This is so good. From what you just said, um, how you want, to go to God that He loves me with an un, un, you know an unwavering unconditional love, despite what that's how we want our children to believe about us. Right. Absolutely. And a lot of kids 
Christian kids really struggle with performance anxiety and perfectionism and not being able to struggle and be messy and have thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. and impulses Mm -hmm. that line up with whatever our Christian ideology is. So they go underground and they have toxic stress because they're not, it's not safe that bottom step to struggle, to feel loved in that struggle. The second step, my limbic system so that I can come up with better outcomes and solutions and reasoning, the top step. That makes so much sense. That that absolutely makes sense. I can, it just, it just, it, there's such a flow there to that. And, and I think, yeah, it's, we are, I like to refer to moms as the gatekeepers. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we decide who we're going to let in um, to influence our kids. And I think that's an important thing to remember, you know, who and what we're allowing uh, to influence them. And I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of protecting our kids. And, you know, you get criticized for that sometimes. But, um, you know, and, and I look at it all as, you know, especially in the early years, that that just that that protection is absolutely essential and then of course as they as they're protected i i've noticed that um our kids become more confident they're free to share their thoughts they don't um not only free feel safe to share their thoughts they they know their thoughts are actually valued Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. hear what they have to say and give, you know, credence and, and put value on the, their ideas. And and that is the beauty of homeschooling is we get to let them have that, that time, that space, that protection. And our kids thrive in that. And my 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 fear and my what I see happen a lot is moms get so wound up about the schoolwork mm-hmm. and the meeting these goals and uh, the scope and sequence chart, which, you know, obviously all of these things are can be helpful tools, but ultimately our goal is to raise healthy adults. And mm-hmm. it's amazing when they have a chance to develop under the, that just, I call it sort of like a little hot house, you know, mm-hmm. under these perfect mm-hmm. conditions or almost perfect conditions, um, they become strong, healthy plants. And then eventually when they do get exposed, because they will, it'll just automatically happen. Um, they begin and have experiences and things like that as they move into the teen years and all of that. Um, they, uh, they're better able to handle it. They've got a resilience. They've got a foundation laid there. And uh, so the things you're talking about right now, these are just, th- these are essential for every aspect of parenting, of homeschooling, of creating a you know healthy learning environment for our kids and growing strong, healthy adults, which ultimately that's what we all want. You know, that's our goal. And um, I think it's easy to become distracted um, on things, uh, you know, and, and focusing on things that aren't really as key as as this, um, because kids are natural learners. And honestly, when they feel safe, when they're in a healthy learning environment and they have that kind of freedom, man, they learn so quickly on their own. I've just been amazed. Um, so, uh, yeah, all of this is just, it's, it's so good. And for moms, okay, so I have a I, I don't know if you had anything more you wanted to add to that, but I was going to yeah, kind of move into another sure. uh, area. Okay. Um, so we, I, I, one of my questions was, does all anxiety have similar roots? Is that 
are you essentially saying, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is that it's mainly fear, right? Is fear is sort of at the root of anxiety? Well, fear, fear is, a, is a core emotion, so it's important right. to have fear. It's the mis, it's, it, it's rooted in viewing my or neuroceptively, which means my, my threat system interpreting based right. on sensation, fe- um, sensation, feeling and perception that there's danger. It's not safe to do or to have this experience or thought or feeling. And anxiety can look like a a lot of different ways, but it starts with fear not being reconciled back to discomfort and getting back to calm. And it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. And, And, you know, the brain's amygdala, which is the alarm system, is now hypervigilant it's firing you know um, right and misperceiving danger yes and yeah. and i've noticed that different personalities have different responses to that um my, my husband has a very strong a strong personality and so he tends to get um angry frustrated mm-hmm. or angry well angry would be probably the word you know i can tell he's just upset and mm-hmm. i started asking him what are you afraid of and he can immediately answer me because I real I, I made that connection finally that 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 response was really a, a response to fear and so sure. you know some people turn inward get very very quiet and withdrawn other people you know act out and we see the same thing in our kids we see the same thing in you know ourselves as moms um, you know some moms get you know really upset some just get very you know quiet and they pull in and uh, so it's just. It's interesting. I think it's important to recognize um, what our response, our personal response, is to that. And I'm going to guess that every mom listening uh, knows what her, <laughs> knows what her response is, and uh, and I just think that's so important. But so essentially, what um, we are going back to that that original definition, which which is that ongoing experience of fear, and like you said, fear of having that thought, that feeling, um, or that potential thing that we think might, might, or probably won't happen. Um, so one of the things that I, go go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Well, finish what you're saying, because I'm going to move on to the next thing. The key to managing, there's three systems, you know, you've got your threat system, your drive base, where you take action towards your, and your affiliative, or your soothing system. And so the way that we move back to calm is we manage stress through bonding. And so we get oxytocin instead of cortisol. We get love and nurture. We feel safe. We feel compassionate and empathic uh, towards the person's stress or struggle, the, the child's having a coping crisis or whatever. And I'm able to be compassionate towards myself first. Mm-hmm. So moms, mm-hmm. it's really important that you do your work because mm-hmm. your anxiety projects onto the child. And it co- you co-regulate. There's an energy co-regulation that's happening. So if you're anxious about grades or you're anxious about certain things, it's going to project onto the to the kid, and they're going to have different survival mechanisms or coping strategies that come from that resistance, avoidance, something. So the more a parent works on self-compassion, loving your own wounds the way Christ did, being compassionate to yourself, the more you'll be able to calm your nervous system. And move into 
a better understanding of the uh, developing struggles of, of our children and help them come up with answers and responses and build confidence by taking action. So right. when I take action, I build confidence. A couple things you can say to your kid is, you hadn't gotten it yet. yet. Mm. Or what, what do you think you can do now? Not telling them what they did wrong or why or how. What do you think you can do now? What's the best What's the most helpful thing right now to do? Because then you're causing them to not fear and need you, but you're helping them learn to trust they can overcome difficulty and adversity. Absolutely. That that resilience is so important. And when you show confidence in your child that they're able to problem solve, they're able to overcome, they rise to the occasion. They yes, are they're they're so amazing. Kids are just absolutely amazing. Um I, I love that uh moving back to calm um is is the key and um bonding is the way that we do that. So do you have like let's just Let's talk about it from the mom's perspective. Say mm-hmm. she has a hard time empathizing, showing empathy to herself. And here's here's the thing. I, I think we should differentiate between, you can tell me what you think about this. I know for me, when I have gotten into sort of the depths of anxiety, where it's just a constant ongoing struggle, I begin to see myself as a victim, um, either a victim of my circumstances because I think, oh, I'm feeling this way. And so then I go and I look around for all the reasons that I feel this way. And then all of a sudden, that just that, that does, never goes in a good direction. It never lands in a good place. So do you have anything? Can you speak to that? I mean, I think it has something to do with this resilience that you were talking about. But how does a mom learn to cut herself some slack or give herself empathy what well i i mean that's fundamental to the gospel number one so that Mm -hmm. would show if a person is negative or critical of themselves then you know that's a that's a theological issue too okay you know so you can take that up there and also how would we then expect our children to not repeat the same pattern. They do what they know. Their developing brains are so limited and they need consistent support. So they take on not only what we say is very little of what they take on. They take on of what they somatically sense, feel, perceive, and and the energy that we that we, you know, project on our kids, um, they internalize that. And so if, if a parent is modeling compassion to themselves, being loving to their wounds because of Christ's love for them, then a child is going to quickly do that. Criticism and pressure are anxiety boosters. Pressure to perform that becomes to- toxic. And if I, if I feel like I have to perform in school or wherever else, and I don't feel that safe safety and love, or I don't feel seen, or I feel, um, you know, alone, mm. it's going to create that toxic type stress over time and create a negative story distortion of I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm right. a failure. Right, All right, those. right. So the, the repeated negative beliefs that and thoughts that keep 
coming up, wire in. Neurons are firing. Intense experiences wire. So we want three, four, five to one, positive to negative. Because positive emotion builds resilience. Negative okay. emotion opens me up for stress, anxiety, depression, and um, self-doubt. So negative emotion is depleting. It causes depletion because now I'm having to use cortisol or survival-based chemicals. And it's depleting my energy systems rather than positive emotion, love, oxytocin, bonding, encouragement, you know, creates DHEA, replenishment, growth, mm. amping into life, feeling confident mm -hmm. and bold. And that comes from fear to faith. Mm. And it's so important to understand that if we're parenting negatively, we're we're perpetuating or setting our children up for failure. That's so good. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I'm looking, I'm, I'm taking so many notes right now, um, but the, the, the criticism and the pressure to perform, and you've related that, that to, uh, to the kids. And again, like you said, we, we, we sort of, we pass that on. It's sort of like a, um, yeah. I always you tell my kids, it's like, you know, that, that, when we talk about, you know, having a bad attitude or, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. any kind of negative emotion, it's, it's always like, almost like poison because mm -hmm. the whole, everybody around you senses it and feels it and, and it, it's almost contagious. And so, um, as moms, we, you know, we have a, again, a responsibility to care for ourselves so that we are not putting ourselves under this criticism and pressure to perform. And I'm telling you right now that the homeschooling mom, this is her biggest struggle right here. These, This right here, this criticism and this pressure to perform, not only self-criticism, but she's dealing with, you know, family members who, who disagree with her choice to homeschool, um, who are constantly, you know, berating. And, you know, I always encourage my moms, you need to not get into those conversations with those people. I don't care who they are. It's not healthy. It's not good. It's not going to do you any good. Um, and the bottom line is that, you know, as, as, as homeschooling moms, as homeschooling parents, we've made this decision based on what we feel is best for our kids. Now, no one else is responsible or accountable for our children. We are. That's the bottom line. And so at the end of the day, the person who's criticizing me isn't going to give an account for my children and how they're cared for and how they're educated. I am. And so once I realize that, you know, okay, this person has no responsibility for my children, therefore they don't get to um, be part of that conversation if it's just going to be negative. Um, because I knew how it affected me and I just, I didn't play. And I think that's something that's super important for homeschooling moms to understand. You've got to, I guess you would call it guarding your heart, like it talks about in Proverbs. And I think this, everything you're talking about falls right in line with that. Um, when we are taking ourselves uh, from that alert to that calm, we're guarding our hearts. We're saying, no, this is not a good place for me to go. This is not where God wants me to go. So, you know, Lord, help me to get back to that place of calm. And we get to that place of calm by, do you have steps that we can take scripture wise um, when we recognize we're there? What could be some steps that we could take? 
Well, the first thing is to recognize that <clears throat> to start with your body. So mm. instead of trying to think because thinking's inhibited, do progressive muscle relaxation. Do some, you know, breathing. Breathing can change your life. We do mm. biofeedback here because um, proper breathing is incredibly important to oxygenate your frontal lobe and it regulates your nervous system. People are not belly breathing. They're not, they're not diaphragmatically breathing. So when I'm shallow breathing and thinking, I'm escalating anxiety. Mm. So biofeedback is something we do to help teach people how to breathe and visualize so that their brain can stay stress resilient. If mm -hmm. you're not focusing on breath work, then you're probably going to get tight, constricted, anxious, and that constricts your pulmonary ability until I relax my muscles and begin to breathe. So breathing techniques, um, relaxation is very, very important. Um, and, and to go to the body first, I need to regulate the body so that when my body's calm, then validate my feelings. I, I, I like techniques like if you name it, you can tame it. So mm. the research shows that if you can name the negative emotion, because negative emotions are very important too. We just mm -hmm. want to shift. We want to right. validate, engage with them, understand them, and shift. This is anxiety, not I am. This is. This is stress. This is anxiety. This is hard. This is suffering. And mm -hmm. sit with that a minute. What you'll notice mm -hmm. is your amygdala will stop firing. Huh. It'll come down 30%. Wow. And then breathe through. Have a visualization or a scripture. Music's really great. You know, whatever, you, whatever helps that, you know, that mental. Because I'm trying to ground myself and calm my nervous system. Because if not, if I don't describe the situation and name my feelings, this is hard, this is difficult, you know, this is, you know, hurt, or um, then it's going to be very difficult for me to move into connecting with, or we would call relating to the emotions right. that I'm feeling, and being able to validate those. Right, body, right. And body first, then emotions, then validate feelings, then I'll be in a great place to come up with helpful solutions based off of my values, intuition, insight, mm -hmm. curiosity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. I'm, I'm thinking to, I, I'm thinking about moms, women and uh, specifically, I know that for us, a lot of times uh, walking with a friend or mm -hmm. having coffee with a friend, are the things I think this is why there's it's so effective for us is because we get the opportunity to one realize we're not alone not not feel like we are completely isolated I think that's a huge thing um, but then having that friend that can validate validate your feelings and 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 help you put words to it and I think this is what we can do as moms for each other um, instead of you know comparisons and things like that let's 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 validate each other and then um, you know help each other name the things that are you know the other person might be experiencing you could even say to your friend um, 
what I'm hearing you say is that you're feeling this emotion and you can name an emotion and then they can say, yeah, that's it. Or no, it's not quite that, you know? Mm -hmm. So we can do that for each other, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I've had the privilege of having many, many friendships that have done that. And um, it it makes all the difference in the world. So moms, find a friend if you you don't have one, you know, make one, (laughs) find one, find your tribe. Yeah, go ahead. That's the managing stress through bonding. Right. Isolation right. doesn't work. And remember, anxiety is is powerful energy. You have to move your body. Don't get frozen. Get mm-hmm. up and move. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Walk. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Engage. Stretch. Get your body moving. Yes. Get out of that your head so and into your body. Okay, that's great advice. Get out of your bed and out of your out of your bed <laughs> out of your head. <laughs> Right. And maybe out of your bed, I don't know, and, and, and into your body. And yeah, that I completely agree with that. I often will just take a walk. I'll just take a walk. I've got a, we've got a greenway down here that, that it goes by a river. So it's nature. You're out in nature. I think that's a huge, a huge blessing from God is to be able to walk in nature and um, just talk to him. Sometimes I'm so, so wound up that I'll take a walk and I'll just tell myself I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not going to try to solve any problems right now. I'm just not, I'm just going to let my mind wander to, you know, what I'm seeing, the trees, the river, whatever. And it's amazing. I can feel my body start to, you know, just come down like you were describing. And then all of a sudden your thoughts start to come and you start to realize this is what I'm struggling with. And, oh, this is how we could maybe solve the problem Um, versus I I just think uh, it's so important to have the scripture at the forefront of our mind because, you know, his word isn't it isn't just words. I used to tell our kids this all the time. You guys, these are not just words. This isn't just any other book. It's that God says they are life. They're actually living, and the, these words in the in the Bible are living, and they bring life to us. And so, when we're when I'm walking along and I'm thinking of every scripture I can that I can remember, or even just you know the general idea, it just it makes such a difference, you know. Um, so I love that. These are great, wonderful, wonderful, helpful steps. So. Um, Wow, it looks like we're coming to the end of our time together. And I'm looking at all these other questions, but I feel like so much of what you said answered all of these questions. So um, I'm just so appreciative and so thankful that you have, uh, that you were here with us today. So You're thank so you. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to do it. Oh, um, I'm definitely blessed. It's so funny when you started to talk about breathing, I found myself sitting up, taking deeper breaths. <laughs> <laughs> so such a good, such good reminders. We need that oxygen flowing through our bodies. And, you know, God is so good. You know, just think about if we we didn't have our bodies to tell us that we were in that state, how we it would be difficult to track or fix or, you know, uh, dial it back and get to that place of calm or to recognize when we just really need the Lord and we need his presence. Um, but he's created us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so these feelings that we get are not a curse. They're a blessing from God to give us direction. And so uh, moms, I just want to encourage you one last time, slow down. Um, don't overschedule yourself. Give yourself time and space to reflect, to pray, to think, to exercise, to stretch, to 
ponder, to meditate on the scriptures, and most of all, just really, really understand that God loves you with an everlasting love. He is on your side. And you, I, I truly believe that if you'll take the time, um, He is going to multiply the blessing um, on your your body, your mind, your spirit, your family. Um, you're the hub of the home. You are um, a blessing to your family. You are the the person that God has appointed to build your family up. Um, but you can only do that um, with His help, with Him um, empowering you. And I, I feel like the things that were shared today are tools that are going to help us do that. So um, again, thank you, Dan, for being here. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I just lift up every mom who's listening to you, uh, to us today, Lord, and, and during this time who's part of this conversation, God, I pray for her heart, for her mind, for her body, for her spirit, Lord, that you would just speak so clearly, Lord, uh, the things that she needs to take away from this in order to... Um, to just walk in more joy, to uh, walk away from anxiety, to bring healing to her own uh, body and mind. Lord, we all go into this life with a certain amount of baggage, but God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin and that brings redemption, Lord, that you take um, those things that are negative and, and, and you turn around and you intend them for good, that you can use them for good in our lives. And so I just pray that you would help us to take the time with you um, each day to, to recognize who you are and who we are in you. God, I pray a blessing over every mom listening, um, and I just pray for peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>